welcome to my coaching podcast, Dancing in the Moment, where I chat to people from the world of coaching and psychology about their story, their approach, and their insights about the coaching profession. They're all people I like, respect and admire for the way they show up in the world. I hope you enjoy it. On this grey November morning, I have a wonderful uh, splash of colour and light with me in my life today, and that is Sandra Wiles. Sandra Wiles, a trained barefoot coach who has created a business that's based around her creativity and collaboration and challenge. I read on your website some of the things that your business sits around. And I want to add colour because as I look at you, the clothes you wear, I look at your beautiful background. No one's going to see this, so this is just a bit of a tease. But your love of arts and your love of colour are an integral part of who you are. And I want to say that in my experience of you, you bring that colour and light into people's lives. So I'm really thrilled to be doing this podcast. And the reason that I'm doing this podcast is because you sent me a cheeky letter. <laughs> It's, it's lovely to be here Kim and yeah cheeky letters it was um I love listening to your podcast you have some amazing guests and like, I was sitting there thinking like oh gosh am I grown up enough to actually like be on and then I thought I love Kim I'm just going to do a Pete Mosley cheeky letter and just say could I be on your podcast one day because yeah part of my dream is to yeah have conversations more often with people like you Wonderful. Do you know what I say to everybody on all the courses that I teach? Um, the reason most people who work with me work with me is because they sent me a cheeky letter. <laughs> and, and that's a really important message for anyone thinking about building a business. Just, just dare to ask and dare to reach out to other people. So I'm excited to have you here. Um, before we start, I said it's a grey November morning, we're in lockdown again. How are you and how's business in lockdown? Um, I alternate. Most of the time I'm fine and I'm loving working virtually. You know, I, I'm, I'm loving not having to get in the car early in the morning and drive places and stuff like that. But like most people, have some days where it's not so great and it is very, very grey. Um, but most of the time I'm okay and I've learned lots about myself and lots about actually the type of work that really, really feeds my soul, if that makes sense, over the last, gosh, it's eight months now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, business is doing okay. Um, and it feels that it's actually now landed into a place that um, makes sense to me and that I've got a business now that fits into my life but that she, I fit into my business. So it feels like the coach is now within Sandra and Sandra is in the coach and that it's a whole which um, hasn't really been there before. It's about four and a half years now, I think, since I, I finished my training with, with yourselves over at Barefoot and set up the business. Um, and it now feels 
right and it feels that lovely mixture of energy and challenge um, and joy um, and I'm working with some amazing people. I think it feels like that from the outside as well Sandra. I think I've noticed a shift in um, your presence on social media, your marketing and actually within you too there's a real sense of coherence about what you're saying, what you're doing, who you are. And, and I, I kind of probably know that more than anyone else because I remember after you finished the course, we had some coaching sessions yeah. specifically about you setting up your business. And, and I remember noticing that like many coaches at that point, you sort of don't know where to begin. But I also always recall something about you that stood out for me, which was that you had a very clear intention about your boundaries. Yeah. Even to the extent that you, I remember you saying something that nobody else I'd ever worked with had said before, that you had a a geographical radius for your work. Uh, And you had a number of days each year that you wanted to go on holiday. Uh, that you were going to preserve at all costs. And I really admired that. Now, I'm guessing at the moment, in, as we're working virtually, neither of those things have a great deal of relevance. Yes, and the, bound, <laughs> the geographical boundaries, um, part, oh, gosh, that's so, yeah, I'm just going to be honest because I am honest. That's what you get, you get what you see with Sandra. But I don't really like driving long distances, you know. So sitting in a car driving on a motorway for, yeah, to do a piece of work, yeah, I don't, you don't need to do that. I don't want to do that. So the geography was something around, yeah, I don't like driving particularly long distances. And actually, I wanted a balance in my, in my work and my life. Um, so I'm absolutely loving the fact that I'm now working virtually. You know, um, I, before March, I probably had one or two clients that I worked on Zoom, um, one-to-one clients. And actually, you know, now it's all virtual. It's all on Zoom and it works really well. And in many ways, I think I can sense energy and um, hold that coaching space and keep my coaching presence intact more easily um, working through Zoom. And you can be really creative on Zoom. You know, there's, there's things you can do that um, I never thought you could do three chairs exercises or perceptual positions or timelines, you know, um, with somebody in their kitchen and you're in your kitchen and, and stuff like that. So so the boundaries around geography, um, my new world feels a lot better. Um, I've not got any, I had a client in Berlin, which was great and that was virtual. Um, um, but I'm learning with, yeah, I'm doing quite a, investing a lot of time in learning. And yeah, I'm learning with people from Nigeria. And she, I was coached by a coach from Chicago earlier in the week. I'm doing some co-coaching with a new tool that we're um, playing with. Yeah, and that was just amazing. That wouldn't happen, you know, in the past. Okay. The bit about the boundaries around holidays, that has been hard because, you know, for me, travel, experience in new places is really important so I've got really used to cancelling things and getting money back and and stuff and I'm still looking ahead I've just planned something for October next year hoping that we will be able to travel somehow or other to Cyprus um so the travel bit has a but in many ways it's helped me be in the moment 
yeah, I'm more presence. Um, I think I spent a lot of my time planning ahead and thinking ahead, which is great, but actually being in the moment and being more mindful um, has really helped me as a, as a human being, but also I think as a coach. Mm, thank you. So there have been so many learnings for so many people. What yeah. what I'd like to pick up your learnings about Zoom later on in this podcast, yeah. which for you to share with others. Um, but what really strikes me is with your admission early on to yourself and others that you didn't like driving that much and driving for a long time to go to meetings. You were way ahead of the game. Everyone's saying that now, aren't they? Yeah, every yeah. every client of mine, every business person, every coach is saying, what were we doing? Yeah, yeah what were we doing? I spent a huge proportion of my life either driving around the country or uh, getting up at silly o'clock, getting the train to London for one yeah. meeting even. And now we're all really questioning those ways of working. Yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward to hearing more of about your approach to Zoom because I'm sure you'll bring a lot of creativity to it. But but what, let's just stick on this point. When I first asked you about lockdown, you kind of linked that with um, a growing realisation about there's more of you in the business and there's more of the business in you and the, there's a kind of integration that's happened. Has that happened in lockdown? I think it's accelerated in lockdown um, because I've got no more time because we only ever have 24 hours in a day, don't we? But, you know, I've had more time to um, to, to reflect and think and, and, and stuff. And I think, you know, partly it's due to my age. You know, I'm 62 now and there's something about, OK, so what's a fulfilling life for the yeah. next 25, 35, however many years that is? None of us have certainty on that. Um, and actually, you know, where does... I can I can't imagine ever not coaching you know whether I do it as a business and people pay me but I can't imagine ever not you know living in a coaching space and being surrounded by people that have that type of mindset um but it's like actually so where does coaching fit into Sandra's life as a mum as a partner as a friend as a person that's currently sitting in a kitchen a lot talking to people on zoom or telephones um and actually you know how, how did the bits fit together and I think that the the realization for me recently was that actually now my business and my life are very much linked to and revolve around the things that most of my values um and probably always has been for a you know if I if I look back you know when I worked um in local government you know my values are really important and they probably drove what I did but I wasn't as aware of that you know now I'm it, it just makes sense um I'm getting better at saying no to things you know I've turned not turned and I haven't followed through on a couple of really exciting um, potential pieces of work recently um, and partly that was because I actually I am in touch with those values and I know that well, it would be exciting actually if I'm going to be true to myself about balance and collaboration and energy and stuff um, I don't have to keep chasing after stuff just because I can I use yeah. the word stuff a lot, Kim. I hope that's okay. I get teased for my stuff. I think it's a Leicester term. <laughs> it's fine by me. I like stuff. Um, yeah, I, what occurred to me then was that you know, age-old 
Gandhi quote, be the change you want to see in the world. So it's about walking your talk, isn't it? It's about manifesting the behaviours that you are um, advocating to your clients, I would imagine. Yeah. And that, 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 that's that sense of kind of settledness and coherence that I get in you now. So probably it's time to hear about that story about that you know balance of your life as a mother as a as a human being as a partner as a coach as a ex uh, chief exec of a local council let's hear the story how did it all come about it's, it's like whenever people ask me about my story i go back to being 16 and my very first job which was making candy floss and popcorn at drayton manor park and the zoo for 26p an hour um, and actually, <laughs> it's like which shows my age um and i think for me why was that important because i did I learn? I experienced working with different people, you know, people that I worked with and lots of different backgrounds and the customers that we dealt with. And I experienced probably the first time I broke a few rules around um, doing something different in creativity when we found the food grade food colorings in the cupboard so we went from beige popcorn to rainbow popcorn uh, of course they, you did yeah, <laughs> and the sales doubled overnight yeah. so there's something but and yeah it's only like reflecting now i think oh yeah i've always been a bit like pushing things a bit differently so then i wandered around and i spent 36 years in local government um which was an amazing experience um and the final 12 years of that was a chief exec at Blaby District Council in Leicestershire, yeah. um, a job I absolutely loved. There was some really difficult stuff, but um, I was surrounded by, a, in a culture that um, allowed me to experiment and allowed me to, I would describe it as a gardener. I wasn't a chief exec, I was a gardener. You know, it was about what you need to grow, what you need to plant, what you need to perhaps pull up, you know, what equipment do you need to buy? And I, 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 got into did I get into coaching I dabbled with a lot of stuff at that uh, over those years um I did NLP training I'm an NLP practitioner I did some very basic coach skills training um and I saw the results of um a culture where you invest in people and you use coaching and mentoring and growth as a tool to get that next 20 percent you know give people that um real sense of ambition and then they can do it yeah. and then there was a couple of we I brought in a couple of really able women to do some work with my leadership team um, one was um, expertise was around people stuff and we were sitting having a cup of tea one day and she said oh for goodness sake stop stop just being a chief exec go and train to be a coach you need to be coaching all the time there's this really great company that do a PG cert and they're just down the road from you it's called barefoot I think you know just just go and do that you know stop being a chief exec and then about 12 months later um, we invested in some team coaching for my senior team with a woman called joe smith who runs elevate joe trained with you years ago yeah. a similar conversation oh for goodness sake you know just just become a coach you know kim is amazing and i can remember picking up the phone to talk to somebody in your office one day when you were, i think at staunton harold yeah i um, can remember and, it too. And, and, and like kim morgan answered the phone and you were packing boxes and immediately i thought right yeah there is something in this and i think it took about two years i wandered into yeah. 
conferences um, and I was sitting at home one night doing a restructure report for my senior team to save money to take the next couple of senior posts out because we had to save money and I just thought this is silly you know you want you know that you want to spend more time in that coaching space you know you, you might be of a certain age and a bit in your career but actually there is something more and you the team didn't need me there as chief exec mm -hmm. you know, the next chief exec was there in the organization the next director was there in the organization how can I make somebody redundant when actually I know that they don't need me and that I want to do something else so I um, went to the leader and said I'm going to resign and he went but you can't I was like I can and stuff and so it took me I had a very planned transition um, so over the next five to six months I helped them recruit the next chief exec that was one of my directors, an amazing woman, coached her, spent final two months of my work as a chief exec doing some big projects, but coaching Jane, introducing her to the key partners. And I started with this barefoot company and did my coach PG cert. And that was great because it was, I started in the March and I finished my chief exec job in the end of May. So it was really, really great transition um, because I, I, was, I wasn't walking away from something that I didn't love. I was, I was moving from something I loved to something I didn't have a clue about what it would be like. I'd never run a business. Yeah. Um, I, was, I thrive on people. Yeah, I'm suddenly going to be on my own trying to build a business, not knowing how to do it, um, not having people around me. So that, that three months transition and work um, and the brilliant coaching and challenge I got through the Barefoot course was really helpful in, in getting some stuff around me that would allow me to to thrive and to yeah. allow me to say goodbye and to recognize that I might be grieving a little bit for um you know something that I'd loved and that I was really proud of yeah and my sense of you throughout that time from the moment I picked up the call and spoke to you and it's interesting that you remember that I was also packing boxes because I think that pretty much epitomizes uh, being a business owner, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> the the multitasking yeah. and the diverse <laughs> range of things that you do. Um, but my sense was that you were a woman with conviction. You were a woman who knew where she was going. And we had that call and then you stayed in, then you stayed in touch. And I remember you said, I am going to do this. And then you came to our conferences, as you said, and we had, you know, intermittent contact with you. And then eventually it was time. So I have a feeling that probably you were doing a lot of that preparation and processing over those two years. Yeah. yeah. And I think for me, I'm... I've never been the type of person that has actually gone out for something just for me. You know, I, yeah, drawn to work in local government. You know, you don't do that because you've got a big ego. You know, you do that because you want to make a difference. Yeah. And, yeah. And I started life as an environmental health officer. Yeah. So really working with some difficult stuff. Um, and, you know, so rarely would I put to myself, it was quite, it was, and it still is quite hard to actually put myself centre stage and say, I'm doing this for me. Um, uh, but I did. And actually, I'm not now just doing it for me. It's uh, I'm doing it because I love it. But actually, the impact of what I'm doing, I think, has a bit. Yeah, I'm still making a difference. Yeah, <coughs> my why is still the same, and helped a little bit by my husband, my second husband. But you know, he'd never worked in an organisation, so he'd run his own business, but um, not particularly in a structured way. 
as yeah. an artist <coughs> he didn't do all that marketing stuff that perhaps as coaches we need to do so you did the course you felt supported you felt like you had the skills you know the, the the desire to do it how was it then when you left the course it was like oh dear it was a bit scary like um Looking back, I've coached for years and years and years. Yeah, I just haven't got a professional coach qualification around it. Um, but the thing that was hardest for me was charging. Yeah, and I still still get teased. Yeah, I, I, I still work with um, some of the people I trained with from time to time. And I, yeah, I think my very first client who found me on LinkedIn before I'd finished the course, I charged her £75 a session and we did four sessions and I spent hours and hours with her. And yeah, and so there was this sudden realisation that I've got to come to terms with um, valuing what I do and putting a price on it um, and, and so and I spent a lot of time at the start doing things that you're looking back like making my own website and writing stuff and I think some of that was about stopping keeping myself safe by not being out there and not being seen and, and yeah stuff. Um, but it was a bit strategic so I I can remember with the pro bono clients so the the, the volunteer clients with barefoot thinking like okay I know people like the chief constable and the chief fire officer and the MD of such and such so I can remember using the ask five people question yeah. sending them <laughs> off to these folk that knew me as a professional chief exec and saying I'm changing career this is what I'm doing really welcome your feedback and by the way have you got any of your senior members of teams or middle managers that are aspiring future leaders that would benefit from coaching I'll give you some three coaching sessions um, but I would like a testimony at the end of it to be able to yeah. talk to you about you know, working with your business in the future um, so there was a bit of strategic stuff I think going on there um, but a lot of it was like I don't know what to do I don't know how to do it I don't have any paperwork I, you know I don't know anybody that runs their own business that runs their own coaching business and I just coached anybody that I could Kim you know, I yeah. Think, you know people talk about niches and you know, ideal customers and avatars and stuff like that. I'd, I'd not done any thinking about business, business development, you know, how to run a business. I just wanted to coach and I just coached anybody and everybody and did some, had some ideas I thought were great that didn't come to fruition. I can remember talking through with you when we were working together when you were my coach, um, about, uh, an idea about group coaching and how you tie that into some individual coaching within organizations for future leaders you know really great model but at the time it just didn't fly and it just, might now I think it, it certainly would fly <laughs> yeah now. and I think there's something about at the time I would beat myself up and now if I try something new and it isn't gonna it doesn't work I see it as a bit of an experiment yeah time's not right you know I've learned something by putting something out there um so the first 12 months were a bit like, oh, what am I doing? Coach anybody. And it's just gradually settled. Fairly momentous moment in that first 12 months was sitting in a coffee shop in Melbourne with my notebook getting ready to, um, to, to go to my very first group supervision session with you guys. And there was this other woman sitting at the table with a notebook. So we looked at each other and we said, oh, why are you going to group supervision? And 
we both said yes. And that's when I met Emily Jones, who I still partner with in the team coaching space um, and joyful, joyful meeting. We knew immediately that, you know, we wanted to spend time together and we both like experimenting, both really keen to look at the potential um, of coaching make a dif difference in organisations beyond the individual. So we said, let's, should we, should we see if we can do some team coaching? Yeah, what, what could we do? And um, did some experiments, did our training together with you guys uh, with Barefoot in, I think, September 2017. And we still work together in that team coaching space um, and love it. You know, I think one of my learnings was actually leaving a team where I, I get energy from working with people, um, not just in terms of working with clients, but work collaborating and partnering, um, that actually without that meeting with Emily and that early work, I think it would have been a lot harder because I wasn't feeding my need to, to actually have ideas and, and bounce off another person. Yeah, yeah. I hear that so often, actually. Um, the thing that drives people away from an, an employed role is very often just, uh, I've done it for a long time, the politics, the people, the endless meetings and we see people over and over again on the program saying I can't wait to leave that behind and start my own business and then several months into starting their own business they start to recognize that there were bits in their previous role and it's usually the collaboration and being part of a team and thinking together that they miss there can be a bit of loneliness can't there to go from one extreme to the other so it seems to be a familiar pattern for a lot of coaches some of them get their collaborative needs met by just being part of a community like the barefoot alumni community but some actually want to work alongside others I did I was yeah I was quite structured in my thinking that transition was really, you know so I knew I wanted to, to make change and I did some work with another coach as well as whilst I was training with Barefoot um, with Pete Mosley who was great at the time helping me identify what I would miss what I would lose and what might be practical to put in place so you know, during the transition, I, I planned a, a local women's networking group that I still work with, and I'm running a well-being resilience session for 10 of them tomorrow. Um, right. And yeah, so, so I've surrounded myself with people that feed that need for me to have energy and, and contact. Um, and actually, that was really great because that's where I found a person that helped me with copywriting, with printing, with you know, um, holidays, when we book holidays, making get so, so I've joined a different network of people um, and built those relationships differently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I said earlier, I, I experienced you as very focused and determined. And I think sometimes you play that lightly, mm. but, but you are. <laughs> um, you are and um, you're a great connector of people too you love meeting new people and putting them in touch with other people who you think yes. uh, will be mutually useful to one another and uh, I see that I also see that you've invested continuously in your development yes. so you didn't just do the barefoot course you've done lots of additional a great lot of additional training some with barefoot 
I remember you saying somewhat apologetically to me at one time, done loads of training with Barefoot and I think I now want to try something with another organisation, which you had no need to apologise for, of course. But, but yeah, that, that sort of curator, collector of knowledge, of people, of experiences um, for me is a huge part of your success today. And, and I think, and sometimes I think some people like to go really deep into one particular subject, whether it's transactional analysis or Emily's um, currently going really deep into team coaching with um, Georgina at the team coaching studio. For me, I, I like to have less knowledge, but on more areas. And, you know, so for me, it's about I'm really keen to do some detailed training around constellations and systems, systemic coaching with John Whittington at some stage when the world opens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, it's that that spreading my 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 understanding across a whole range of different um, of areas because I think sometimes, you know, as coaches, we can be very specific. You know, I am a TA based coach, or I am a such and such a coach, or I work with a particular niche. For me, the more I do it, the more I trust that somehow my instinct will pull out from my various knowledge, skills, tools, emotional sense, what's right for a client yeah. at the moment. Um, and so that, that breadth, of, I mean, one of the really lovely things I did last, gosh, was it last year? You have no sense of time now. I went to the ICF um, International Conference in Prague last I remember, October. yeah. Not this October, last October. Yeah. That was amazing, you know, talking to coaches from very different cultures. Uh, I met a, a woman who was from Brazil and she does all of the coaching um, over the telephone, but she blindfolds herself so that she's totally, totally, totally in the, the, the space of listening. And, you know, talking to coaches from Nigeria and stuff like that, you know, it, it just feeds my soul that yeah. learning, that that challenge it's a bit of challenge love of learning it was scary going to the icf conference in prague on my own because i didn't know anybody else and there was a couple of faces i recognized and whilst i can look like i'm quite extrovert being with 700 coaches in one place they all are proper coaches aren't they with proper businesses and grown-ups and stuff like was really challenging on a personal level but was such a wonderful experience um and some stuff I came across there, I thought, no, that's not for me. But other things you think, yeah, I can build that into my practice. I can just have a think about that a little bit deeper. You're, I'm smiling because you've got a proper business and you're a proper yes. grown up too. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still playing. I'm you still are. Playing. And I can't help, I can't help referring back to something. After my introduction um, uh, and my question about where did this all begin kind of thing, you told me about your uh, uh, job at Drayton Manor yeah. making popcorn. And um, Freud, you know, when I studied as a, a psychodynamic psychotherapist, one of the things that I learned that stands me in good stead as a coach is notice the first things people say to you. Sometimes they might just be the things they say, but sometimes they have relevance later. And I can't help thinking that, you know, even with your coaching business, <clears throat> when you first left the course, it started out a bit beige, yeah, a bit like, like the popcorn. 
and then you experimented and you took a few chances and you got other people involved in it and then it became rainbow colours and that feels a bit like your business growth too yeah yeah that's lovely that's really nice yeah and colour is really important to me yeah yeah if there's no colour in my life it's just not it's not a place I thrive no and as I said you bring it to others as well so we are we haven't got very long left (laughs) and obviously as usual I could talk to you forever but I wondered if we could end with some I I think people can pull lessons out of this but maybe you know top tips and things to avoid mistakes you've made I guess you know what to watch out for top tips um invest in working with a coach early on the best coach you can get to work with and um yeah carry on that that's challenge space that supportive space you know um for me that's really really important in terms of that um don't assume you have to do it all yourself so it took me probably 18 months to 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 get to the stage that I could spend some of the money in the business on things like an accountant and things like a bookkeeper and things like people that could help me with a bit of design and you know that um because actually you know what the type of business model I have where it's my small business and you know I don't earn money unless I'm coaching somebody or delivering you know a project or whatever um so spending time writing my own website and trying to do clever designs when somebody else can do it quickly um you know um like isn't a sensible place top tips coach and coach and coach and coach and coach you know as a new coach the more coaching I did the clearer I became about the type of work that I wanted to do um and I don't just coach you know I I coach I do some coach skills training I I do some partnership stuff I work in a team space um and I support networks of coaches so yes that's something about immerse yourself in the world of coaching and you'll find what feeds your soul and the balance of stuff that actually feels right for you. Um, give, big, yeah, big for me is actually, yeah, be supportive of others and be generous and kind, um, but in a way that you mean it, not just doing it because it's a good thing to do, um, because that then comes back in buckets. You know, some of the people that, yeah, the first client that I charged my seven fifty, she's amazing. She's now got a really good job. She she sends me her people that, you know, that have really got potential. And I think there's something about, yeah, the people we touch in our journey as as business women as coaches um yeah how do how do we want them to remember us you know what impact is it that we have on it um and when things don't go perfectly and you've got this great idea and it doesn't it's not you you know actually it's probably not the right time or it's learning um yeah so um and i'd say just do it yeah just top to yeah believe in yourself um but work with with and around energizing people do you know what that was beautiful stuff <laughs> stuff, stuff. Less I'm, stuff. You, I'm using your words i think there's loads of stuff here for people that's going to really help them uh, and it's yeah it's just lovely to see you in a in a really settled that work keeps coming to me but a really settled place um and doing the work that you love 
and bringing joy and creativity to others. Thank you. I, I also think that question about your first job is a great takeaway coaching question. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. This has been a really, really lovely way to spend a Wednesday morning and before I have to go and have a look at the accounts for last year. <laughs> like I'd far rather talk to nice people. Yeah, it's been a, a delight. Thank you so much, Sandra. Thanks, Kim.